Love Talk Radio. Om Shabbat Shalom, Holy Way of the Most High. Om Shabbat Shalom, I sense your presence. Om Shabbat Shalom, Holy Way of the Most High. Om Shabbat Shalom, I sense your presence. And I am the light within your soul In the essence of truth and right Love makes the circle whole And here we stand in line Waiting for some sacred sign But to find the balance is the purpose of this time to restore the balance of the universal mind And in the presence of my Lord of light and love Everything I see aspiring to be free And when I call to thee And come on bending knee Surrender to the all-pervading light and love Reflections of the one surrounding me with love And I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence Within and without, above and below, yeah. East, west, north, and south, I sense your presence. Without and within, below and above, yeah, yeah. East, west, north, and south, I sense your presence. I sense your presence. Of 
Able to find the balance is the purpose of this time To restore the balance of the universal mind I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence I sense your presence Shalom, holy way of the Most High. Om Shabbat Shalom, I sense your presence. Om Shabbat Shalom, holy way of the Most High. Om Shabbat Shalom, I sense your presence. Om Shabbat Shalom. Holy way of the Most High Om Shabbat Shalom I sense your presence Om Shabbat Shalom Holy Angel of the Most High Om Shabbat Shalom I sense your presence I sense your presence And welcome to Activating Compassion Radio. My name is Jesse Ann Nichols-George, and I'm your hostess today. The music you were just listening to there at the beginning of the show is I Sense Your Presence. It's by Shem Shai, and uh, always appreciative that they gave me permission to use their music and their, you know, their wonderful energy here <laughs> on the show because they definitely bring it on. I just want to extend a welcome, whether you are joining us here for the very first time or whether you're returning because you've listened to the show and you enjoy what we do here and the different things that we delve into. We do stream live in three additional places, Talk Stream Live, Stream Finder, and Penn, also known as Her Encounters Network, and I welcome everyone listening through there as well. Here at Activating Compassion Radio, what I do is I look at different ways that compassion exists in our lives. How to remove our blocks, resistances, frustrations, and more. Some weeks what I do is discuss different aspects of compassion, how it's in our life, how it affects our life, and different areas of compassion. And then some weeks I'm doing different exercises and practical implementations. Many times also I do have guests on the show, like today, fantastic guests returning to our show. She was on last year. She started off our year, and she's starting it off again, which is Sharita Starr. And that way it gives you a chance to learn how other things and other people's work work with and complement compassion and what's happening in the world today. I also highlight different musical artists along the way. I'm working on uh, getting some wonderful guests for this upcoming year. But in the past, we've been able to host Stephen Halpern, Peter Cater, Joe Mattson, Claire Hedin, Bruce Tugarelli, Craig Willis, Harold Grandstaff Moses. Just uh, some really, really great people bringing their work in all different ways and arenas um, and different methods to the table there. And then what I do in my own work is I focus on helping people find and use compassion in their everyday lives. I have created the Genesis Clearing Statement, and if you've missed that, you can catch it in our archives, as well as on my website, you'll find where other people have done interviews with me, and we use the Genesis Statement there. I've also authored four books. And the most recent of those are You, Me, Life, Dreams, and its Companion Workbook. And then my first two books, Activating Compassion and its Companion Workbook. 
In addition, I've created the Compassion Tour, which is a multi-state nationwide tour, including workshops, retreats, seminars, signings, and fundraising events. And you can certainly follow all of the different things that are happening through my website, jessianniclesgeorgethenumberone.com. Also, I should mention that coming out this spring, I am co-author on a book called Embraced by the Divine. So I will definitely be keeping you posted on when that becomes available as well. And a a very, very interesting book is a compilation of anthologies of women's stories who have made it through the dark night of the soul, uh, so to say. But just a reminder, if you do enjoy this show, make certain you tell your friends, family, significant others, um, Facebook connections, you know, anybody that you feel inspired to share it with. And that way they get a chance to listen to it in the archives. They use the same link that you did to come into the live show. They can listen to it at their convenience. In addition, on my website, on my page of the Main Street Universe tab, I have all of my archive shows there. And then it's also available as a podcast on iTunes, CNN.com, and through my YouTube channel. So whatever your preference is, <laughs> i got a method for you to catch the show and to share it with others. Now, before we get started, those that have listened in before, you know that I like to delve into a book called 72 Names of God by Yehuda Bird, Technology for the Soul. And Yehuda is a great Kabbalah master. He, he likes to take those big, giant concepts and Sharita does this in her work. I do this in my work. We take these big concepts and we kind of get them broken into this everyday language that we can then implement it and use it and have it bring blessings, basically, into our life that way. We, we can get through the tough times and we can enjoy the great times that are there before us. So let's take a look and see the message. And, and that's funny. When I was looking through things today, I go, oh, my goodness. Sharita's going to love this message today <laughs> because it so fits in with some of the things I think she's going to be sharing today. And the name of God that we have from Yehuda today, the common name, is Weakening Judgment. And the little insight or the little prelim that he gives here, the message here goes, every word we speak, every action we perform is a boomerang flung into the cosmos all these billions of boomerangs inevitably return to our lives, the positive ones and all the negative ones. This name helps us duck when negative boomerangs come hurling towards us. And the insight he provides on this is that we're not aware of it. Any negative behavior, even if it seems very minor, brings destructive forces into play. Whenever we speak in an uncivil or rude manner, Whenever we cheat, lie, steal, insult, or harm other people, ha, we create a force of judgment. These negative forces are the unseen cause behind all the things that just happen to go wrong in our lives. It may take minutes, months, or even years, but eventually we must confront those consequences of our reactive deeds. Right now, obstacles are present in our lives because of the force called judgment. And judgments befall us to the degree that we inflict judgment upon other people. But Kabbalah teaches us that our own words cannot serve as an indictment against ourselves. We cannot decree a judgment on our own being. Life, therefore, is cleverly arranged so that we constantly meet and befriend people who commit errors and sins similar to our own. When we judge them, our own fate is sealed 
at that very moment. But suppose we could refrain from judging friends, family, and undeserving foes. If this were possible, judgments against us could never come to pass. And the meditation he gives with this is, through meditation, upon the sequence, and with genuine penitence in your heart, you lessen or even revoke judgments set forth against you and take an extra long moment to offer forbearance and compassion to others so that these qualities of mercy are returned to you in equal measure. And again, the common name here is sweet to mean judgment, and the technical name that you would get is Yud Lamed Hay. Again, that's Yud Lamed Hay. And if you'd like to go back, I would like to go back and reference things throughout the week. If you'd like to do that, you can do that on my page of the Main Street Universe tab on my website, jessianmichaelsgeorgeman1.com, and it will have that on there, and you can go back and reference it throughout the week. Now, a little lead-in to what we're dealing with today, and uh, we're going to do this here just before we take a break and then bring Sharita on. Have you ever done a forecast for your year? And how much of a role does forecasting have in your year and decisions? Does forecasting have value, or is it just a distraction from the present moment? As the new year starts, so many people like to get a reading or take a look at what their year is likely to be like. And there's no question that the reasons for doing this can include a wide spectrum of perspectives. I know there are many that come to me looking to find out this very information. And I know myself, I have been on multiple ends of the spectrum. For example, in my younger years, I wanted to know what my year was going to be like. Would it be a disaster or full of successes? Would it be a heartbreak or full of joy and love? Now, as I have developed myself over the years, I no longer look at what is happening during a year from space, from a space of helplessness or being at the mercy of what I'm dished out. But I've learned how things go is really up to me on many levels. However, I do also know that knowing the astrological influences and planetary alignments of the year, both personally and in the calendar year, can be a great asset. And I now use this information as a tool of wisdom that helps me to make wiser decisions and choices in my life from moment to moment. Instead of being at the mercy of the future, I am able to stand strongly in the flow of the moment. I found with this information, it allows me to always put my best foot forward. If I know that people are more prone to be aggressive, then I can enter a situation with a different approach than when people will be very open and receptive. I know that if I'm in a personal year of a two, then I will want to focus more on building relationships, whereas if I'm in a personal year of a four, then I want to remain focused on responsibilities and completing my foundations on my project. Sharita Starr is one person that is particularly busy as we turn into the new year. Knowing what is happening is truly her business as an astrologer, numerologist, and lexicographer. And she helps people to make the connections of planetary alignments with personal influences so that they can function wisely in the moment and throughout the year. The way I see this is that if challenges will come our way, then we can do some preparation for them, such as setting aside a little extra money to handle things or taking extra time to do things. If lessons are headed our way, then we can be more open to receiving and embracing them fully. 
How do you prepare for your upcoming year? Do you like to know the energy flow of your year, how it's going to go? How does knowing the natural flow of energy in a year help you? This week, our guest focuses on a component of compassion that's related to the aspect in my book of blind, deaf, and defensive. And this reminds us that it is important to open all our senses and learn from all situations, that all things can be used as tools that lead us to wiser decisions. Hey, I'm going to take a short break, and when we return, we're going to delve into our show here tonight, or today, I should say. It's not tonight yet, with Sharita Starr, and she's going to be giving us some great insights of what we can expect during 2015. And the song I've got for you during our break today is called Do You Love Me? It's by Claire Hedin. And if you'd like to find out more about Claire's work, you can certainly do so at www.clairehedin.com. That's C-L-A-R-E-H-E-D-I-N.com. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes.
Welcome back. You are listening to Activating Compassion Radio, and my name is Jesse Ann Nichols-George, and I'm your host today. The song you were just listening to is called Do You Love Me? It's by Claire Hedin, and you can check out more of Claire's work at www.clairehedin.com. That's C-L-A-R-E-H-E-D-I-N.com. And, you know, today I've got an incredible guest on, which is Sharita Starr. And Sharita was with me about a year ago here on the show, sharing with us insights for 2014, and we've got her back here today sharing her insights for 2015. Sharita is an astrologer, numerologist, and author Sharita Starr's mission guides and supports people and businesses from all over the world in translating the tools of astrology, numerology, and lexigram into a simple yet powerful life map for achieving success. Looking to names and birthdays, she awakens any free will to open the door to their guidance, insight, faith, and truth. Her one-of-a-kind consultations allow anyone to begin manifesting their life through their unique path of deliberate creation rather than tolerating life in default. As a radio personality, her weekly forecast and power scope is heard on demand through Empower Radio, and she is and she produced What's Your Sign? I have your number on WBCRLP from 2009 to 2013. The show is now currently back every Monday evening on the Hazy Radio Network. Sharita has been a celebrated guest on countless hours of radio since 2007 and where the sought-after, on-the-spot reading entice any listening audience. It's all in the name of Sharita's first book about the topic of Lexagram, which invites us all to learn how we can spell out the truth from our words, names, and titles. Currently, Sharita is a platinum e-signed author, a columnist, for Astro.com and Bell Spirit Magazine, and was most recently featured in Fitness Magazine. Her new astrology and numerology reel application is now available on iTunes, and that's opening the door to how your name and birthday hold the keys to your steps at www.sharitastar.com, and that's S-H-A-R-I-T-A-S-T-A-R, and I'm going to get Sharita's mic opened up here. Welcome back to Activating Compassion Radio, Sharita. It's so great to have you with us. Well, thank you, Jess, as always. Uh, it's a pleasure to be back. And, yes, it's that busy time of the year. We all want to know what's going to happen next. Because I think um, across the board, people had a really rough time with 2014 across the board. And, um, well, hopefully today we can shed a little light as to why that happened. And also, if you went through those rough patches, that that's going to be okay moving forward uh, to really affirm and give you a little peace of mind that some of the turbulence you may have seen in your 2014 actually is – it was actually appropriately timed to allow you to to get the rewards that 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 this new universal year is is offering to everybody so um rest assured if you had a little bit of a rough time in 2014 not to fear not to worry so that energy is going to lift up quite a bit 
this is so good to know because I think a lot of people have felt very beat up. <laughs> yes, they <laughs> have. They that, that's a good word for it. Year. That's being a, a nice, yeah, and, and less polite words, everybody feels a little beat up. <laughs> in, in those big technical terms, they feel beat up. <laughs> Sharita, I'm going to have you start because I think there may be some people that are listening this time that didn't get a chance to listen in last year. Um, and just uh, have you share a little bit about your journey of getting into all of what you're doing because you have some really great pieces that you blend together in your work. Sure. Um well, you know, I always give my credit to, and, you know, everybody in life needs a mentor. Uh, mine happens not to be living anymore, but um, nonetheless, it was Linda Goodman who was my uh, source of inspiration uh, right around my Saturn return. And while I've been reading the horoscope since I was seven years old, and I always took notes and for whatever reasons, I didn't understand it when I was that young, but I always remembered people's birthdays. And uh, during... Um, my Saturn return, which we all collectively experience around the ages of 28 to 30 years of age, uh, we go through a cycle where we actually reach our state of maturity and our learning and growing has not ended, but it's reached the point that we actually have enough information under our belt through the experience of our life that we can move forward and make decisions for the long term that really will stick. And it was at this point in my life that um, I was working for Astro Music in Denver, Colorado, uh, out at the INATS, uh, the International New Age Trade Show. And I was uh, wandering around uh, in my glory out there because it's always a great place to be every June, uh, just before the 4th of July holiday. And I was at a desk, that a publisher's booth, that had um, Linda Goodman's star cards. And I was like, wow. And I picked the deck up and I looked at them and I shuffled through them. I was like, wow, these are, these are I mean, they were gorgeous. Um, and, and spoke to me right away. And I said, well, I said, you know, these relate to that book I never finished. And I had had a copy of Star Signs given to me probably about three years prior to that. And I never finished it. I just like got into it a little bit, but it didn't click with me because at that point of where I was in my life, it just wasn't, you know, it wasn't the time. And uh, I've learned a lot about timing and, and I get why I didn't you know, gel with it right away. It wasn't wasn't the right pivotal moment for me. And my Saturn return was also in conjunction with very uh, significant uh, shifts in my uh, from my numerology as well. So uh, I was entering a brand new period in my life uh, when my Saturn return happened. So I, I came back from Denver. I, I uh, went back to New York and I was living in the East Village at the time. And I dug that book, Star Signs, out of my library. And I finished it that summer cover to cover within like a couple of weeks. And that was it. That was the very beginning of how all this stuff happened. Uh, Linda says in the book, she said, don't take my word for this. Um, just start applying it to, to people that you know. And what she does in star signs is she, she links together the very deep connection of how astrology and numerology are inseparable because they're guided by the same planets. So everything I do is about planetary energy. Planetary. I'm, I'm really interpreting the, the energy of planets through the, the archetypes that they are. Um, and, you know, it's obviously what we value in astrology, but the numerology, uh, especially the Chaldean way of studying numerology, also values the planets 
as the guiding factor of what these singular numbers do. And then when you get compound numbers, then you're just going to reduce down and, and find out what planet's behind it. But the Chaldeans understood these Chaldean karmic mysteries, which is numbers 10 and up. The compound numbers, uh, amazing, amazing information, ancient stuff that when I started taking Linda's advice and applying it, I couldn't believe how accurate this stuff was. I was like, wow. It, you know, and then I was one of the things I never got to when I first had the book in my hands in my in my mid 20s was that. I didn't get to the lexagram part, and this is what, I, of course, I ended up writing the book about. It's all in the name, and it was, you know, the, the lexagram is the art of taking anagrams of words, names, and titles, and you got to take these anagrams that you can derive, which means you're only going to spell words using the letters in the original, and you're going to phrase those anagrams, and you're going to spell out the truth. It's the most profound thing I ever came across. And this really got me, the lexagrams. I mean, it all got me. It all hooked me like I just couldn't understand. And I remembered everything. It was like I read that book and boom, it was like a channel, a source opened in me like I never understood. Um, You know, and I had done a lot of soul searching in my 20s. I, you know, was a theater major in college. Of course, I wound up working in restaurants. I really didn't like the theater business very much when I really looked at how it operated. And, um I, I, you know, of course, adore being on a stage, and I, I did wind up, you know, doing a few things over over my life um, involving singing and, and doing some theater work, but um, I didn't find my niche, and I didn't find my passion uh, until this moment in my life happened at that Saturn return, and star signs came back into my life, and uh, the, all this just started flowing out of me, and, and here we are today, uh, 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 well over a decade later. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing how time does fly. Uh, th- th- that's a lexagram Linda talks about in the book. Uh, time might. So uh, that's it's, it's fascinating thing. So that, that's really how it all started but, but at, at that point. I, I, think it's, I think it's interesting because we always do have these journeys, and I think it, there are always those people who inspire us, whether they become a formal guru or teacher or coach or not, uh, they create an inspiration and a, by having that little trigger of what resonates go off yeah. for us. Absolutely. And you mentioned that with Lexagrams and uh, I, I love the work in Lexagrams. I, I've been reading your book and <laughs> and it's a wonderful book, by the way. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> and, and it's very insightful how to, how to work with some of these things. And it's fun. It's written in a in a fun, lighthearted way that doesn't overtax my brain. <laughs> my brain gets very full to start with. I, I, I throw a lot at you, I know. I, I you know, and that's always been my journey because I am, you know, in the fusing of all of these things, you know, it gets a little layered. It gets sometimes it gets I mean, let's face it, astrology is a completely complicated subject if you don't understand it. Um, it it's a little overwhelming. But, but the thing of it is it's far, it, it extends well beyond what you see in a horoscope, you know. And it's been, unfortunately, dumbed down to that in, in America, um, you know, or I don't know, across the world. I think it's a little more valued. But, you know, we... Um, 
you know, it, it, what astrology is all about has nothing to do with what that horoscope is. I mean, that's like a taste, and it's hit or miss, but there's so much more to it than that little blurb in the newspaper. Um, although I'm very grateful <laughs> to the blurb in the newspaper because that's what triggered me at seven to kind of pay attention to this stuff and, and you know, Whatever, it just always stuck with me to be interested. I mean, I started collecting astrology books back in, you know, when I was in college. You know, I dabbled in the tarot. I mean, I have always been a person that has been a seeker of things you can't see. Um, I'm fascinated with dreams. You know, I believe that, that when we die, we don't we don't spiritually die. Maybe we do leave a physical body behind, but our spirit is always accessible. Um now, I'm not a medium, but I know a lot of them, and I've talked to people on the other side, and let me tell you, that is as real as anything, too. So I'm a big believer in what you can't see. Uh, we know that these planets above exist, uh, but their unseen energy is what affects us. You know, it's like we don't understand that these planets are much like a radio frequency, and how they affect and guide our lives, is if you're tuned into that properly, we have the success. If we're not tuned into it properly, we tend to be like the salmon swimming upstream and we're constantly going against our own grain. We're going against, you know, we're always in our own static in our life. So it's always critical to know how to fine-tune your life through following who you are because there's nobody else here like you. Uh, you know, uh, my graphics designer, um, I always credit him with this expression. He says, we're all our own snowflakes. And it's true. There's no two people that are exactly alike. I mean, even twins aren't exactly alike. There is something that's yeah. separate. And, you know, I, I so agree with you. Um, I was highly, I think part of what really triggered me along the way with astrology when I got into it, also probably around the same age you did, uh, uh, or earlier actually, um, was that that curiosity of how could they put these seasons together? How could they tell me what might happen in my day? And I, I look back on it now, and I think I have no idea how they can get stuff put into one little paragraph. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I look yeah. at everything that's happening, and you brought up a great term when you were talking about how you got into things, which was that you do interpretation of planets. And I think this is a big key because, as I mentioned, too, in, in what I read before bringing you on, is that we're not at the mercy of what these planets are doing at any given moment. You know, it's not like we're victims to a, a predestined thing necessarily as much as, hey, here's here's something that's happening. Now, what are you going to do with it? And I, I feel like that's... An, important aspect with astrology and numerology. Okay, you've got these influences. What are you going to do with it? They're not necessarily good or bad or there to destroy you. You just got to learn how to work with it. If somebody has you a power tool or a car and you don't know how to use it, you got to learn how to use it before That's it becomes right. valuable. That's exactly right. And, and And when you're really understanding cycles, and patterns of energy. I mean, and that's really what all of these planets tend to do uh, over the course of our lives. And, and, you know, we've got the gist of who we are as a person so that, you know, that moment you came down and you first took breath, you know, we get the time you're born and location and then, you know, obviously the day, month and the year. And then we can figure out what your map is. 
and what's going to make up the, the, you know, the who of, of why you came back in this life. And of course, the name is the other way that you're going to look at it. Uh, and name extends into the practices of the numerology and, of course, the lexigrams. But your birth date is interpreted both through astrology and through numerology. So this is always going to be your constant source of information. Um, and it's how we are going to always measure time and the cycles that are always going to happen to you from for, for the remainder of your life um so the breath chart is like we'll talk about your character your how do you approach health what do you do about your relationships you know how's your home and family life what are you really meant to do in your career um you know what are your friends going to be like in your life how do you like to spend your time by yourself um you know, uh, how do you love, like to educate yourself? You know, what what's that energy behind? What do you, how are you going to do all these things? Well, that's what your birth chart will tell you, and that's what your numero, numero, excuse me, logical birth chart will tell you as well. And then they become the standard map for which we, like, again, we just start seeing how the cycles are going to constantly keep circulating around you um, for the remainder of, of the lifetime. And, you know, also what will happen is there's no two moments in time that will ever be the same again. Because the way that the planets are constantly in, in circulation in their orbits, they're never in the same precise pattern ever. It, it, it will, the same moment in time never comes around again. It, there will be, I would say, similar aspects what we call in astrology aspects, and that's really understanding the mathematical alignment between planets, but they won't be in the same signs doing that. Um, you know, we have things in astrology that, uh, you know, and we've been through, I think we'll, we'll probably get into this conversation a little bit today about the Grand Cardinal Cross, which was a huge part of 2014's energy being a little disturbances in the force, as they say, for many people, is because there was an old foundation and it, this happened, in, it, you know, it happened on a very strong collective level, but it also happened to you very personally and very individually, depending on what that astrological birth chart is all about. But we had a grand, uh, what we call a grand cardinal cross in um, Aries, in, in Cancer, in Libra, and in Capricorn uh, last year at the end of April. And basically what this means is that there was a new foundation that asked to be formulated in your life. But before you can get that foundation, you had to release what was going on with the old one. Because the old structure, the old belief system, the old way of how that energy particularly aligned in your life. And if, if you if you are listening and you understand astrology at all, if you understand uh, that there's, you know, zero to 29 degrees in every sign that makes up of all 12 signs, you're going to get a 360-degree wheel. And that's how we always are going to see. And that's what the sun does. The sun moves a degree around that wheel every day. And that's why the sun changes the sign month to month. So when we looked to this Grand Cardinal Cross, when we looked to what Uranus was doing in Aries, what um, Jupiter was doing in Cancer, what Mars was doing in Libra, and what Pluto was doing in Capricorn, right around the dates of the 20th of April to the 22nd of April last year, they all aligned at the 13th degree of those cardinal signs. So it made this big fat square upstairs, um, which when you're looking at square energy, it is requesting a foundation. However, most people, if they don't understand, like you said, Jess, how to work with the energy and how to see what the options are going to be, they tend to feel like they're stagnant, stuck 
and you know they, they're in four corners rather than looking at that square alignment that it's actually looking to build something new and it was looking to to establish something new in your life from what you were very familiar and very comfortable with <laughs> up till that point and, you know you bring up you bring up so many good points here and you know when we talk about astrology it's it's like yes we have those general influences of uh you know of whatever two planets or a planet and a sign interacting with each other um but then but then it comes down to let's say let's say everybody is dealing with personal turbulence uh for example but whether we deal with them in business or relationships or family exactly. that's where it starts to get refined to us as individuals and and how yes. our chart it, 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 is the, laid out Mm-hmm. How that Grand Cardinal cross, depending on where Aries, Cancer, Libra, and Capricorn sits in your personal birth chart, those were the four areas of your life that were, quote-unquote, activated by that Grand Cardinal cross. And those four given areas of your life, um, and if you go through in astrology, we call it houses, but I, 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 I'm telling you, I don't know who invented the terminology of astrology, but all they wanted to do was confuse people who didn't understand it. So <laughs> there's 12 houses in astrology that we look at, and, and why we want to know your birth time is because that's going to set up the first house for us. It's the sign that's on the horizon, where the sign that was on the horizon at the moment that you were born. And then all the other planets were circulating around everything at the time that you were born. So that's how we set up the whole planetary kind of, I, I say it's a photograph of the universe. Your birth chart is in essence a photograph of that snapshot of that moment in time that you first drew breath. Um, so there's, but I, instead of calling them houses, I'm like, yeah, that makes no sense. But I like to say the whole chart is your house in your life and all the 12 different areas are the rooms of your life. Cause it, it just breaks it down a little easier. You know, this is how you're going to keep your kitchen. This is how you're going to keep your bedroom. This is how you're going to keep your living room and so on and so forth. If you, if you look at it in that perspective. So each of these 12 areas has ownership over a different perspective about your life. And it's all personal. Absolutely, Jess. I, I loved your, your usage of the, the, the description there. But it's a personal experience depending on what area of life you're talking about. Um, it's always personal, you know. <laughs> no matter it's what always you personal. See, it's always it's about personal. you. <laughs> it's always personal. <laughs> You know, and and I think that this, I love your way of shifting that terminology to where the whole thing is a house, and each of the the different pieces of the pie, so to say, are are rooms. Because that's, I think, in a way, much more appropriate. Each room has its energy to it. Each room has its function to it, and and that's right. that I think is an excellent description there. Um, you also brought up a, an aspect of we had to delete the old curse. And I think that this is a big thing because a lot of people felt this clearing. And I know that you want to get into something today in regards to grieving because that's huge. And I apologize for the noise in the background here. It was not this noisy when I started out today. Um, <laughs> and you can talk for that. <laughs> Um, hey, you know the moon is. Uh, I'll give it this: the the moon's in Gemini, and um, I 
<laughs> I always, <laughs> and Amber, you know, we've got a full moon coming in only two days. So I always notice that energy still gets a little off offbeat as we always approach a, a full moon every month of our life. And we will always see a full moon once a month. And this is why I write the lunaroscopes and We'll be talking about how this full moon coming up Sunday is going to be very much involved with the energy of that Grand Cardinal Cross. It's going to be bringing it back up um, to if you haven't really cleared all of it in the way that you need to, there's an opp- still some opportunities left clearing clean that slate uh, in these first couple of weeks of the new year. So. This is good to go, and this ties in with, with what you were talking about we have to delete the old. And yes. and I look at this and this is like going out and when your your garden is coming off of winter and it's got all these weeds in there and you gotta get in there and you gotta clean out those old weeds to get your garden ready for what's gonna grow in it. Yes. Yes, and, you do. And you're you doing that get preparation. I mean, you know, and there's and when you're really looking at how all these cycles, you know, operate and circulate in our life, there's always opportunities to do the clearing. There's appropriate times in our life when we're just meant to, and you you were going over that in the very introduction of the show when you were talking about, well, what are we doing in these personal years? There's some of the, that's some of the most easiest ways to allow people to start to understand how numbers are working in their life and uh, how the numerology, um, the value of that is so critical for timing. So that, you know, you're focusing on what you're supposed to be in, in whatever cycle you're in in the, the given year of your life so that you're kind of not trying to get the cart before the horse, so to speak. Um, or, yeah, yeah, you need the horse before. Well, I guess you could get the cart before the horse, but, you know, you need the horse to pull the cart, you know. So, <laughs> um, well, well, it's true. It's kind of like you need to pour the foundation before you put up the wall. Exactly. Yes. Your your house in life will not stand if it doesn't have a solid foundation beneath it. And and we do this in um, especially when we understand the, the, the astrology behind the, uh, the excuse me the numerology behind things. We do this in the in the first four years of a given any given nine year span of time in our life, which we circulate through quite a few uh, from the time we're born until you know we, we decide it's time to go back into spirit again. And um, so, you know, every nine years we get a new opportunity to build a new foundation, but it takes four years to build it. Um, You know, what I constantly find myself repeating to people is there's this great level of impatience that society now thrives on is that, oh, nothing's done fast enough anymore. Oh, the success didn't come soon enough. And, oh, you're a failure if it didn't happen by this moment in your life. And um, that's not not true whatsoever because whether you're a human being um, living in today's world, a human being that lived around the turn of the century in the 1900s or you lived in the 1600s or whenever, humans have not evolved through time any differently than they do. Nothing has changed. Those planets upstairs don't move around those orbits any faster than they did uh, 10,000 years ago, 5,000 years ago, 1,000 years ago. Nothing's different. It's all the same. But we live in a world where we expect too much too soon. And, of course, the technology, it's wonderful. And and God bless the technology because that's how we're actually speaking on the Internet today and and, and running this show and 
recording it and, and having a good time and allowing people globally to be able to hear what we have to say. But as humans, we still have to do like our own soul checking and realize that we live in a world that is going very quickly, but humans don't do it as fast as we think or as we're kind of, I like to say, fooled into thinking. So we still have our own pace. So it does take four years to build something new and solid in our life. So by the time we get to that year five within, which is the middle point of any given nine-year span of time, you're going to see leverage. You're going to see blossoming. You're going to see growth because you've got the strength beneath you to do it. Anything that's really fast and furious in this day and age, it doesn't last that long. It still doesn't last that long. It's just it's the same legend of that tortoise and the hare, a fable or what, whatever you want to call it. Slow and steady will still win any race in this life. Honestly, for longevity, yeah. you really want solidarity and longevity in your life. Don't think that you need to do it as quickly. Quickly, doing anything faster doesn't mean it's any better. And tortoises live much much longer than the hares do. <laughs> of course, see, look. Of course, and if you look at the tortoise's back, and and the other beautiful thing about the tortoises is that if you look at their back, they got 13 plates on it. And why? Because that represents one new moon every year. That's they're very in sync. Those tortoises are very wise. They're 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 a good totem to follow and 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 a good energy to um, adhere to. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) So I know you've got a lot that you want to cover with different things um, we, you know, definitely want to delve into. There, there's a huge aspect with all these transitions that are going on, um, and, and there's something that, you know, we were talking earlier prior to the show about grief and how that comes into play. But mm-hmm. I'm going to kind of let you pick your flow, how you, wanna, how you wanna go forward sharing between what we have to look forward to this upcoming year um, why we needed to go through some of the things that we did go through and how that relates to what is happening this year and and the importance of grief in this process because as you and I were talking, there's so many people that have gone through these huge changes in various areas of their life yeah. and they haven't taken the time out to grieve these and that's creating more struggles than what they need to be dealing with right now. Yes, absolutely. And I'm so glad that you brought the the the, the understanding of the grief into the conversation because um, it's huge. Uh, it's definitely huge. And it's, you know, a very strong part of, you know, what happened uh, for many in 2014. And, um, you know, when, when we're looking at the energy of numbers and you know we we look at you know every year of our of there's this universal energy that happens via um the year we're in you know that that big fat year that we're in and for this one we are now you know in we've stepped into 2015 but let's capsulate what happened in 2014 and 2014 was the year of the reflection it was guided by planet Neptune, who uh, enjoys that spiritual pursuit. It will ask uh, many questions. Um, it will seek, seek, and keep seeking. 
it dives into the unknown. It dives into places of mystery. Uh, Neptune can be very deceptive. Um, it can be very dark. It can be very just like, oh, my. Um, Neptune will always ask us to take time by ourselves and really reflect and think um, and ponder the past and kind of, again, do that all connecting of the dots thing. You know, you kind of reassess the whole past and what's, what's, how, how did all these things happen to, you know, bring everything into, into the place that it is right now. And I want to interject there with that, with you bringing that point up, um, because I know I was no exception in the realm of deception and various things in 2014. And uh, I think for a a lot of people, that piece, that that deception piece was absolutely huge. They, They saw where they were being deceived along the way, and it was a shocker for a lot of people because a lot of times it was people that were very close to them. Yes. Yes, and there was a lot of people that left the planet in unexpected ways in 2014. Uh, I saw that extremely strongly, um, and and that's where, you know, the unknown is the unknown, and that's the mystery of, of, of you know, what life is about sometimes. As much as uh, there is a scientific and logical pattern and explanation as to why it doesn't take away the human need for that grief that needs to happen in, in, in relationship to the experience. So whatever losses that each and every one of us went through in 2014, um, that space of grief, if, if that is not honored and has not been honored, your harvest that, is the universal energy of 2015 will not be here as strongly because you're constantly going to be putting out effort in your life that is just weighed down in an energy that hasn't healed itself yet. Um, you know, very much another, another, you know, catch word for 2014 was the year of the healing. Um, you know, it was a year where, you, you know, we were asked to heal what was broken the Grand Cardinal Cross was another huge part of that because it wanted to let go of, of the pain and the hurt and the things that weren't working anymore so that we can create something new and move forward. Um, but, you know, human beings being who they are, we're all creatures of habit. We're all creatures of comfort. You know, nine out of ten people don't like getting out of their comfort zone. It's 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 it's, it's pretty much a human standard, Um you know, unless crisis happens, will they even do it? Will they even step out of that comfort zone? Um, And at that point, will they listen? It takes crisis and chaos for the average human being to even bother to pay attention and to start to heal what might be broken in their life. Um, Some people go right along. Um, You know, I would imagine, too, across the board, if people – were hurting in such a way and they wanted to bury it the, the, uh, because of, of a Neptune year uh, being what it was in 2014, people's addictions went up pretty high if they didn't want to, if they didn't want to listen, you know, they would rather mask it with something else. Um, that's another big theme of 2014. So if you, you know, the healing was, was a huge part. And I'm going to share one of my very, very, very favorite 
passages about grief, um, which is important. And d- depending upon, you know, grief is not just about when a physical person passes away. And, of course, we all have had um, probably some kind of very significant death happen in, in, in the past 12 months in our life where things really hit us. You know, and and the loss of of another human being closely, a loved one in our life was was pretty significant, and it it pained us to no end. And we have to allow ourselves to grieve, which means you've got to step out of the busy, busy. You have to step away from the social media. You have to step away from this pace of life that is it's grand in its own way, but it's not human either. It's not human enough. It's almost artificial some sometimes. I, I, I get um I mean personally myself, I value my solitude. I value my time alone. Um and I like to take it. So uh but I find myself naturally because, you know, I, I'm I'm a human and I and, and I get I get caught up in stuff too and, and I get, oh I'm a little bit too much on Facebook today or oh I lost a little track of time there and and I do the same thing so I mean I I've really learned I've got to discipline myself with those types of spaces in my life but um this is this is from Lynn uh V Andrews and if um anybody knows her as an author she's she's a really tremendous powerhouse full of information um she, this is from her power deck uh, I actually have the deck of cards. I read with them from time to time. She's she's super stellar. And this is what she has to say about grief. Grief deepens you. It allows you to explore the parameters of your soul. Grief is a gateway to certain levels of understanding, and it is a hard taskmaster. Through grief, you can explore some heavier aspects of yourself, anger, pain, abandonment, terror, loneliness, These aspects of deep wounds can no longer be ignored in your daily living. Grief forces you to look at these parts of yourself that are not yet healed. If you can look at grief as a teaching, you will grow. The pain of grief is not the only teacher in this life, but if looked at closely, with awareness and an open heart, it is one of the greatest teachers of all. The seeds of wisdom are planted within the wounds of grief. And again, you know, Grief is not only about physical passing, it's about the ending or the, you know, the death of anything in your life. That can be a personal relationship, it can be the loss of a job, it can be the loss of, you name whatever the loss is, and there's a grief. If there's a separation in your life from something that you were much, you were once much deeply attached to, bonded with on any level, when you're not not your space anymore, you're going to go through a place of grief, and you have to honor that. And it's okay to cry. It's one of the best things you can do. (laughs) And I would say, you know, Andrew, this is a really big piece of things because, as, as you were mentioning and we were talking earlier, that grief is about all of the different cycles that are closing. I mean, how That's many right. of us stop and grieve the end of the year and go into the new year? How many of us grieve the end of the day, so to say? And we've been trained that grieving is this really negative, heavy yeah. energy. And it's, it's, it's really not a negative thing at all. Yeah. No, grieving is extremely positive. It's not easy. It's not yeah. easy on the soul, but it's a positive thing to recognize in your life. And, and it's a healing energy. It actually holds yes. within it uh, the fire of 
figs, so to say, um, which is the fire of, of life and fire of health and um, energy, a, a source of energy. And part of that being within grief itself is that grief is to help us lighten up. It's actually a tool of lightening up. But mm-hmm. if we're finding ourselves in this space of anger, pain, and loneliness, and I was on a conversation after I talked to you earlier uh, talking about people who were feeling very lonely, spiritual practitioners feeling very lonely uh, in this process after letting go of things, and you brought up attachment. And I think that this all ties in very big for 2015 because mm-hmm. if we're feeling the anger and the pain and the loneliness, we haven't worked through grief in those areas. That's and correct. If Absolutely we have attachments, boy, this is this is where our attachments and our addictions, it seems to me, is is a big focus for 2015. Because if we haven't resolved them, if we haven't let them go, if we haven't grieved them, they're going to come back and bite us in the butt. They and, and things do, um, and you know, I and I also I I, I posted the the link in the chat room uh, earlier about the reaping rewards 2015, and in that article, um, I specifically play out the energy of of the one to nine cycle, and the, the reason why you go through the inner work here. And there's two ways always this is working. We've got the collective universal energy. So, you know, every human being, no matter where you are personally in your own forecast, there was this very heavy alignment over 2014 for you to honor that reflection in whatever cycle you're in. So it's kind of like a two-way, there's like a two-way play on it, so to speak. And in order to reap the rewards that 2015 promises to give you, wherever you are in your cycles coming up this year or where you are currently, if you didn't honor the inner work from 2014, it's not going to come as rich as it needs to or it could. So we've got what's really nice about the first part of this year, even though, yeah, we're in we're in the space that, oh, my God, it's the new year, and everybody gets caught up in the resolutions and, and all this fun stuff. You know, I, I always, like, kind of, I don't want to say I laugh, but I, I go, well, you know, there's a good reason why resolutions don't stick for half the people who, or I would say it's not even half, it's, like, way more than that on a percentage of, you know, maybe it's 90% of the people Whoever make resolutions don't keep them past the midway point of, of January. They're out the window already. And that's because January 1st, if you're looking at it from an astrological perspective, it, it is not a point of anything. It's just we are choosing to measure the calendar year differently. So we, we've gone into a new universal year. But as far as who you are, where you are in your astrology cycles, and where are you in your numerology cycles, you haven't switched anything. You're in the same cycle that you were in last year. Your cycles conclude birthday to birthday. They don't switch at the beginning of the year. You do go into a new personal month on January 1st, but that's still within the continuity of the cycle you're in from your last birthday. So that's very important for people to understand when it comes to, oh, my God, I want to do all this new stuff. Well, you can, and there's a great intention there, but you really got to know well, what's happening in Capricorn in your life on the new year every year? Because that's the year of your life that wants new beginnings. 
That's what you're going to see all the time. Um, so what's going to happen now in 2015 is that we're looking at the eight. So we're shifting out of that healing space. And if you've honored that, it's awesome. And if you haven't, you again, I'll, I'll, well, before we get into 2018, uh, 2015, we'll get into what's coming up on Sunday. And we have our first full moon of 2015. And this is in the sign of emotions. It is in Cancer. And the degree point of it is actually aligning precisely with the degree point of the Grand Cardinal Cross that happened back in April in the sign of cancer. So the emotions surrounding what needs to be released, the final hurrah, so to speak, um, this waning phase that's going to kick off on Sunday, and it's very late Sunday night. It's almost early Monday morning, really. It's like just before the stroke of midnight, um, we get the full moon in its peak. Um, and then we will wane for two weeks up until the new moon on the 20th of January, which will be at the very beginning of Aquarius. And then after that, we start a Mercury retrograde, and that's a whole other story. Um, so the first month, really, of 2015 is still in a very reflective space. Um, I would say not until the new moon in February, which is going to be, I believe, on the 20th of February, if I've got that right. That is really when we're in a full official go-ahead, put the foot on the gas. Because when we've got the Mercury retrograde coming the 21st of January to February 11th, that's another request for reflection. So the energy that we need to tie up, um, if whatever's lingering from 2014, you're offering your abilities to step into that healing space and keep and grieve what you may not have grieved properly from 2014. You've got the opportunity to do that. Um, coming up. Uh, I think this full moon for many people is, is going to excite quite a few things, um, especially because it's so connected to what happened with that Grand Cardinal Cross. So it, you're going to feel this one. It's not, it's not going to just like hide under the carpet. Let's put it that way. Um, and you're going to want to look to the Aquarius area of your life when you are looking at what's happening with the Mercury retrograde coming up. Now, Mercury uh, next out from the moon is the, the planet that governs our thinking, communication, movement, transportation, mentalities, exchange of information of any kind. Retrograde means he's going to take a little backwards trip in the zodiac degree points that we measure him through. Um, he's going to get uh, almost midway through Aquarius, and then he's going to go backwards on uh, the first, uh, 21st of January, a day after the new moon in Aquarius. Um, and then he's going to journey backwards through Aquarius. So you're going to want to look at that in your chart because that's the one area of your life that is going to say, okay, let's review, let's redo, let's let's look back to what I've got to fix. Um, and overall, the energy of Aquarius is very humanitarian. It's very original. It's very thinking outside of the box. Um, it's very uh, uh, prophecy-oriented, where trends and things ahead are always seen with Aquarius energy. You know, Aquarius is, you know, they want to they change the world. And they have no judgment when they do it. Uh, they want to change the world for everybody. They, they, they would love everybody to be one big, huge, happy family. Uh, that, that's what Aquarius is, the, 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 uh, an Aquarius resonating in their true divine energy 
as they came to be as an Aquarius. They want everybody to get along. And they don't care if you're rich, poor, or anywhere in between. It, and it's funny you say that. The, the producer of Main Street Universe is an Aquarius. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm not that's surprised what he's to always hear that. Doing. He's always trying to bring everybody together. It's like we just all need to be one big family here at Main Street Universe. Yes. And, and it's really fun. And he is. He's always trying to make it better for everybody, no matter where yeah. they're at. Yeah. So, you know, this first offering for real deal reflection, I mean, you know, anytime we've got a full moon until it's a new moon again, which is two weeks every month, that's always a natural passage of reflection month to month. Um, but when Mercury goes retrograde, it's 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 more intense. It, it gets a little bit more intense with the necessity for reflection. And it'll be a double whammy, uh, as I like to say, a double request. Um, for reflection from the 3rd of February until the Mercury retrograde ends because the 3rd of February will be another full moon, which will be the 2nd of 2015, and it will be in Leo. So you're going to get almost like your Leo and Aquarius, which, of course, are opposing signs, will be both areas, your opposition in your charts will be uh, happening. So reflection is going to come from one place. It's going to come from another. So you'll have, like... Probably at the beginning of February, people will feel pulled in two directions, depending on how that Aquarius and Leo alignment is working in their own chart. Um, and I, I, I'll, I'll talk about a, another thing. If, if people are interested who are listening, um, I have teamed up with a wonderful healer and clairvoyant, Deborah Tatel, uh, who is we've developed this program called Mastering Mercury Retrograde. Uh, Mercury Retrograde is is very well known to cause people to get very excited and very fearful and, oh, my God, I can't deal with change. And, I, you know, here's the deal with Mercury Retrograde. If you don't reflect, (laughs) you can't move forward, Uh, which is a huge thing about 2015. You're not going to get the harvest of this year if you didn't take the time to reflect in 2014. It it won't come well um, because you haven't healed and resolved what needed to be done in that solitude, in that inner space. Mercury retrogrades three times a year. When you add up the hours that he retrogrades, it equivalates the amount of time that we actually sleep. So it's naturally positioned in astrology to allow us to rest to allow us to take a little back because again we aren't always supposed to have our foot on the gas in life it is just not a natural state but the modern day world allows us or, or fools us again into thinking that we need to constantly be going going and going and going and the faster we go the better it's going to be wrong, wrong. And, and I think people need to keep this in mind when we look at the cycles and things, that rest is as important as the action. Rest is action. Absolutely. Actually. Thank you. That and, is a wonderful you know, way to put it. The moon yields to the sun. The sun yields to the moon. Neither one of them is governing 24-7, no yeah. matter what time of year it is. And I think as we're looking forward in this, and, and maybe you have some thoughts on this, because we still have, one more Pluto Uranus square to go through, which is going to create a little bit of turbulence or unexpected things for people, that if we get proactive in that rest, or if we get proactive, say, with these influences of Aquarius, which I oftentimes look at as 
inspiration. It's a great time we can generate ideas. And with that double retrograde, it can be a really great creative time, even if we're not taking a lot of action. Yep, yep. And in Aquarius, what will be a very, um, that that is an excellent point that you bring up, Jess. One of the things that Mercury retrograde favors is looking back to things you've already created and you've already put out into the big universe. And maybe you haven't finished. Maybe they're kind of lingering. And when you go back to anything under Mercury retrograde, you will always have returning, uh, revisiting, regrouping, reorganizing, restructuring, re-re, anything R-E, any word beginning R-E, so safe to do under under that passage. And in Aquarius, yes, I can only imagine for an artist, under Mercury Retrograde, if you go back to an unfinished painting or back to, you know, if you're a musician or, you know, anything creative. It doesn't have to be the artist or the musician, but it's a powerful time to come up with something really brilliant. And that Mercury Retrograde energy will help you so much, actually. It's actually a very powerful thing. You know, so if you're a person you want to reinvent your website under Mercury Retrograde, great time to do it. You know, there's perfect things to do under Mercury Retrograde. You just have to choose the right course of action under the cycle. And, you know, we need to get that creativity before we put something in the world. We can't put something out in the world if we haven't created it. Exactly. (laughs) Again, it would be like having that heart, no horse to pull it. (laughs) And, and yeah, it's funny. And when we look at this, I think creative aspects, when we get proactive in this process, and I talk about being proactive because this is where the action and activity comes from, is, the more we get on board with this flow and we honor the rest or we honor the renewal or we honor the, the creative aspects, then the more likely when these turbulence come up that they're going to be blessings that will propel us forward versus uh, things that come in and really upset us and put a block in our path. Yeah. Yes. I, 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 absolutely. I mean, um and that's going to be the real key for for any of us moving forward. And yes, that that last uh, alignment of the Uranus Pluto square, which of course is directly involved in the cross, um, we have uh, that's going to be coming up in, in the middle of March. Um, so that's the last time. And now Pluto and Uranus have been doing this. I call it the square dance, kind of like you know the square dancing in in real life. Uh, I, I I had to make it funny because you know we have to make light of all this stuff too as as we go along. But um, they've been doing this square dance since 2008. <laughs> it's been pretty crazy. They've been going back and forth and back and forth and and all of these different like you know they they met up very early. And they've progressed over the years moving forward, and then sometimes they've been hitting and they're retrograding, and you know, which will happen once more. I, th- I think it's Uranus is retrograding, or is it Pluto? One of the two of them is retrograding when they meet up for the last time um, at this very direct alignment point. Uh, and then they're going to, as you know, the 2015 starts really rolling along, we will see that lift and it will ease. You know, that square won't be so tense anymore going on. They'll still be in the signs that are going to square each other for a period of time, but they're going to be far enough away in the de- their degree points in those signs that it's not going to cause as much tension. Um, so that is, you know, uh, 
a strong thing. But as far as what the, the 2015 will say is whatever you're going to do this year, patience needs to be your friend. And you have to know whatever you've done in the last seven years. And again, in accordance to how your personal forecast has laid itself out in those, in, 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 in its past seven years, this is a year where wherever you are in your personal year cycles yourself, you will see through the diligence of responsibility, doing things the right way in your life, learning from your experiences, finding stability, having the patience to know that it's coming. The rewards will be yours. The harvest will be very rich in whatever year you're personally in, in accordance to the results of the efforts you've really placed into your life in the last seven years. So it's important for people to understand that it's it's going to be the diligence and it's going to be, you know, the work, the work must go into this year. Um, people who want to like kind of sit back and wait for something to happen, well, you're going to have a really hard time in 2016. <laughs> It'll be extremely conflicting for you. But um, this is a year where, you know, if you really put your nose to the grindstone, as they say, uh, be a little ambitious. And, again, another word of advice, the workaholic mentality might take you over completely. So make sure you always balance because the eight is a number of balance. If you really look at the symbology of the eight, it's a connective energy. It connects us to infinity. um, And it's a very karmic energy. So again, that reflection of what you've done and what you've what you've sown in the previous seven years, you will reap that energy coming forward in 2015. Um, I'm, I'm so really you don't want to be too. Re- go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry. really glad you brought up responsibility in this because yes. I think there's a lot of people they're going to start to feel that easing up, that breaking up till we go through that last Pluto Uranus square. Yeah, after the, after that. Yeah, that, that'll really. It's gonna, there's going to be that tendency to get very reckless and go. Oh, I've got a little bit extra money now. I can go out and, you know, spend it on this fun, playful no. thing. You're, you're not going to want to do that. And and what's interesting is like you will have. And I always look to where Jupiter is to see where you're going to be the most expansive in your life. And Jupiter, of course, is in Leo right now. It's retrograding. It will uh, go forward in the spring, and then it'll finish up in Leo, and then in the summertime it moves on into Virgo. Now, Jupiter and Virgo is going to refine the abundance a little bit. It's going to tone it down because Virgo doesn't do anything that extravagantly. It does it very in a precise, precision-oriented kind of way. So that, and because right now Jupiter and Leo is like, hey, the bigger the better. It's really nice. I like it grand. I like it royalty. You know, I I, I want it to be. As, as wonderful as it can possibly be. Uh, Leo is no stranger to luxury. If they can get a hold of it, uh, you know, being the king of the forest and all, they, they've got to have their niceties around them. But um, that Jupiter going into, in, into Virgo is will will tone that down, and it will match very well the second half of 2015. What we need to do, and the other thing concerning finances and values and money, is what will happen with the Venus retrograde, which will also be happening in the summertime. Uh, that's going to be from the 25th of July until September 9th. It's going to start up at the very beginning of Virgo, but it's going to backtrack mostly through through Leo um, until September 9th. And that is the time frame when you definitely don't want to be messing with your money. Um, you don't want to be messing with beauty. 
You don't want to be redoing your house. You don't want to be redoing things that are trying to enhance something. Because when Venus goes retrograde, she's not like Mercury. She doesn't deal with communication. She deals with relationships. She deals with the niceties of life, the beauty of life, the understanding of our life. So uh, those will all be the things that will be under the review and redo show once the summer, uh, the middle of the summer is here when we, well, we'll really be hitting and we'll have just started Leo um, when Venus goes retrograde. So that'll be very important. Um, you know, people who try to make money under Venus retrograde, they're, they're always going to lose it. You'll always end up losing it. It's a however a really cool time to scoop up bargains. So if you want to grab something on sale, you want to find something at a lesser value, that's always around when Venus is retrograde. So, you know, if you're like a more of a frugal, thrifty kind of person and you like tag sales, tag sales will be wonderful in August. <laughs> and uh, But it'll be a good time to scoop up stuff um at a at, at a you know bottom of the barrel sort of pricing on things and i'm i'm curious to see what will happen with the oil by by the summertime because we i i think uh many people are, are a little happier that a 20 spot nowadays is actually doing something for your for your tank and your car <laughs> um more than That's it did so uh, <laughs> last year <laughs> I, I look at that Venus retrograde, you know, um, so many times I think I think when we talk about the balance of the year or the eight uh, in this, that that could be a really great time in that August where a lot of home projects are winding down technically. They're starting to put things on sale, and this could be a time that you might be able to actually do something a little more extravagant within a budget. And uh yes, but I would still say don't renovate your house. Don't don't do any kind of renovations under under Venus retrograde cuz it won't turn out right. It, mm-hmm. it it well, let's put it this way. It might eventually turn out right, but you're going to go through like 50 steps backwards. Like you'll go forward, but you're going to take too many steps backwards to get it done. You're better off making sure if you're going to do you want to do something like beauty enhancement. Um and this also applies to getting your hair cut. Um, you know, colored, that type of stuff. Don't try new hair coloring uh, under July 25th through the 29th of, or through the 9th of September, because, you know, that's, that might turn out green instead of brown or something, you know. Um, no plastic but, surgery during that time. <laughs> oh, definitely no plastic surgery. Plastics, you know, and, you know, you know how, Jess, you see, the, especially our people in Hollywood who seem to obviously get that the most out of anybody. There's been some real bunch jobs done, and I'm going, I, I have to do this research because I know I know that these people got this done when it was a Venus retrograde. <laughs> or they got it done when the moon was in their sun sign, and that will also cause complications if things have to go right. You should, uh, you know, Hippocrates always said, never operate when the moon is in your sun sign because you do not have the capability of healing. Huge astrological loss when it when it comes to uh, the, the medical thing. Um but, yes, if you're, you're going to do a big renovation, uh, you know, home and, and things like that, you, you definitely want to at least plan it before the 25th of July or plan it after September 9th, if you can. You know, and if you have to do it in August, know there will be some delays. You know, they probably ordered some supplies wrong. They maybe measured something incorrectly. Um, it's not the right color. The paint didn't come out right. You know, that type of thing. Um, and... It will also be a, a very strong time for people to be reevaluating their relationships. 
um, because that's something Venus is always in charge of. And in Leo, I would imagine, being she's going to be backtracking mostly through Leo, oh, boy, I, I think it'll be a grand show. If you're not in the right <laughs> relationship, the drama will show up like nobody's business to make sure you get out of it, if that's what you're supposed to do. <laughs> Watch out. Those past flings are coming your way. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I, I've seen that happen in the past when Venus has been retrograde. It seems like those past loves that you haven't spoken to in six or seven years all of a sudden show up and want to yes. be in your life. And, oh, yes. And it's, and it's not it, real. <laughs> Don't fall for it. It's a, it's a little, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a hair of, of the, the illusion. And I noticed that, you know, that's very strong, too, for Mercury retrograde is you will see uh, things from the past show up again. You always tend to hear from people uh, in Mercury retrograde uh, that you haven't heard from in a long time. And a being, this one, of course, is in the sign of Aquarius, which represents friendships and our socialization in our groups as well in life. Um, I imagine a lot of friendships will reconnect under this Mercury retrograde coming up. So if there's friends in your life that you haven't spoken to in a while, really nice time and a powerful time to reconnect with them will be under that Mercury retrograde, the 20th. 1st of January through the 11th of February. So that is a positive thing that can happen. Um, you know, um, it, it, if you want to start a business, you want to put something out into the universe that you want to last a super long time. Mercury retrograde is just not the favored energy to, to do it. Um, you know, so uh, that is, just what you always want to watch with Mercury retrograde is what you're starting for the long term. Uh, you, you don't want to. Again, it's 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 all a cycle of reflection. It's all a cycle of redo. Um, and I always say the most important rule to have besides patience again under any Mercury retrograde is that carpenter's rule. Um, and extending that to not even measure twice, measure three or four times before you cut something. Uh, because you want to make sure it's right. The one thing about Mercury retrograde is it is the time of the year when it happens three times a year that human error is the highest. I mean, and you see this in everything that's going on. You see the newscasters on the, in the media, they're mispronouncing stuff. There's typos in the newspapers. All your emails have something, uh, you know, kind of maybe a little inaccurate in them. Uh, equally, the email didn't even go out like you thought. <laughs> You know, there's just all sorts of weird things. People misunderstand each other, uh, which is why people get a little lit up and they get a little drama under Mercury retrograde because, you know, it's just they don't understand that when your plans change under Mercury retrograde, you can't be in the state of resistance because it will not serve you under that cycle. You will have a domino effect show up of more things that will you know, get you more resistant and gritting your teeth as you go along. So, um, you, you know, step back, reflect, take your time, do your rest up, check in where Aquarius lives in your life. And um, if you like meditation and pre-paving and grounding your energy, uh, I totally invite you to uh, join MasteringMercuryRetrograde.com and uh, join us on the 11th of uh, January for the workshop with Debbie Tatel because it's going to be a fun time. And and it's a great time to come to one of my retreats. <laughs> exactly. And, and retreat. Thank you. Retreat is the best word under Mercury Retrograde. Retreat. It's one of the very favored REs uh, uh, for sure. 
it it really is because I look at it and I say, you know, our communications, we get this misunderstanding, as you said, during that time. And retreats are perfect because they cover pretty much all of the the re areas when Mm -hmm. we deal with this, especially here before we are closing out the seasonal year um, time frame. It's a great time to go and take that inward time and not be so in the world with everybody else, but to, to get in tune with yourself. Yes. Yes, it is. It is. It's the time to take take in. What what do I lexagram out of Mercury retrograde? Um, that's that's in the in in the book. Um, it's go. I got to go. I got to go to your cure, uh, to your core, to your. Uh, it's something like I forget. I, for, I forget what I lexagram over my life. <laughs> but it's you got to go back to your core under Mercury retrograde for sure. It's it's a you even spell retreat out of it too I do believe uh, under the Mercury <laughs> retrograde you actually go go to a great retreat under Mercury retrograde it actually spells that out in 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 the in the, um, the way that the anagrams will work yes a great and and, and and the phrasing of them thereof <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah I absolutely love this so um, it, and I'm glad that we're bringing this out. Because I think so many people have lived in these fears when it comes to the retrogrades. It's like, oh, oh my God, my life is going to fall apart. Everything's going to yeah. be horrible. No, it, it, you yeah, it doesn't. You, you mentioned a very, very big key word in this, and that was resistance. And it's when we are in resistance, and this is a great way to tell whether we're there, whether we want to admit it or not. When mm-hmm. we're in resistance, we're going to get beat up. When we're not in resistance, we're going to be able to have fun with it. And and hence the theme of your show, Jess, finding your flow. Because you don't flow <laughs> if you're in resistance. <laughs> That's for sure. To anything. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that this is this is huge for us to keep in mind that, you know, if you're uh you know, it's the difference between floating downstream on a river in a boat versus uh, being tossed down over the rocks. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And, yes, and to, to know or, you know, I always say, and, and this was, you know, kind of a description I used for, um, well, any any seven energy really, but, of course, looking back to 2014 is, you know, if you, if you think of, you know, a storm, there's always an eye of a storm where there's peace, calm, and clarity in the midst of all that zany, crazy energy going on out on the outside. There's always an eye to every single storm. So that's where when we need to reflect and we need to relax, and when we see a quote-unquote a storm like Mercury retrograde or the storm of 2014, as many probably refer to it as, if you found the eye of it, that's where you could listen. And that's really one of my absolute favorite lexagrams of all time is the only way you can listen is to It's the only way to do it. But people do not choose in their free will enough to be silent in this day and age so that they can actually hear and listen because that's where it comes from. It comes from stepping away from all the quote-unquote stuff going on. Um, 
and on and and it's truly honoring the self. Um, and that's not a selfish thing. You know, I think a lot of people also get very confused, whether it's through family conditioning or, you know, wherever it came into your space along the way that, oh, my God, if you take some time for yourself, you're being selfish and, and, and you're not this and you're not that. And the the blame game goes on. And that, that's another fun lexagram I have. The, the word blame is able to lame me, be a lame me. If you want to be in this space of blame in your life, Good luck with that, too, because that's not going to get you very far. Um, blaming and, and anybody, Selfishness is not yourself. a bad thing. Excuse me? I said, and selfishness is not a bad thing. No, you know, it if is you're, not a bad if you're thing. Being, yeah. It, it's it's kind of like, you know, you, 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 I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> if you're being selfish to heal yourself or to take care of yourself, in other words, you say, no, I'm not going to give other people my time right now because I'm going to give myself this time to take care of me, that is not uh, the negative selfishness. That is the selfishness that heals you that is going to allow you to be of greater benefit in the world. That's a huge lack of selfishness, and it's a huge piece of responsibility. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you were talking about it before, like, you know, if, if you gave somebody a tool, and they, they, you know, you've got to learn how to, how to use it. Um, you know, it's kind of the same thing when it comes to ourselves. We have to learn how to fill ourselves up. Because, and, and I've seen this so many times with, with, the, with the nurturers and the healers in this life, is that they don't heal themselves. They don't nurture themselves. They spend all this time exhausting their bodies, their minds, and their spirits, and it's with fine intention that they want to help somebody else, but after a while, you have nothing left to give in a very good intention anymore because you're not filled up. You cannot give in this life from an empty cup. It's impossible. You will be like a car running down the road that runs out of gas. If you don't fill your tank up, you're not going to keep running. Can't do it. Mm-hmm. You don't change. You don't stop and change your oil every so often. Your engine's gonna burn out, right? So we are the same way as humans. You know, these the universe is so it's divine in the way it's set up. You know, the lunar cycles precisely tell us every month when and how appropriate it is to take time to reflect. When is it appropriate? To that foot on the gas. We got the Mercury retrogrades that after a larger period of time to kind of take that back seat and look at a, a larger period and go, oh, okay, yeah, I got to go back and fix all this stuff because that, all that needs to be reworked and, and it, it'll be much better when I get get all that. I got to go back. You know, you, you gave um, a great example of, of putting your foot on the gas. If your foot is always on the gas, you're going to get in a car accident. Simple as that. You've got yeah. to put your foot on the brake sometimes. Or I always say, put the car in neutral if you know how to drive a stick. <laughs> <laughs> because then you can just coast. You know, sometimes we're just meant to coast in life. You know, there's just, you know, if you drive a stick or, I mean, you know, or even if you drive an automatic, if you just take your foot off the gas, you're coasting. That's what you're doing, you know. Um, yeah. You actually save gas that way, too. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Your RPMs on your car will not be as high if you have that foot off the gas and you're going down an incline. You know, you don't need your foot on the gas constantly. Um, and we, if we're you're so doing conditioned. For somebody, 
if you're doing for somebody who can do for themselves, you're actually not helping them. You're enabling them in victim patterns, which destroys both of you. Yes, absolutely. Yes, because the energy isn't really serving. It's it's not serving anybody. Um, you know, it's uh, it's it's not serving anybody a- at all. Uh, it, it, you're not serving the person you're you're giving it to, and it's not serving you. So it's 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 coming from the space of exhaustion and um, effort. Anything done in too much effort is just wasted energy. It's just energy wasted. All the more reason when it becomes too much effort, go take a nap. <laughs> exactly. And I'm chatting in the chat room because somebody's talking. <laughs> yeah, and and this is a this is such an interesting um, piece of things. And I, there's there's so many things. So as we're moving through the year, we kind of got through the first part of the year, and you know you were talking that we want to look at some of those signs. And if anybody's missed any part of this, I encourage you to go back and listen in the archives so you can grab the whole conversation of where things tied in to last year's Grand Cross that came through, um, you know, those, those sorts of things that we've been talking about. But, you know, as we move on, Sharita, and we kind of get past the Venus retrograde that happens in summer going into early fall, and, and we're past the seven Pluto-Uranus squares <laughs> and some of these other things. Um, you know, how are we, I think you mentioned, you know, responsibility is such a, a key, thing, key thing here. We can't get lax this year in our successes. Um, you know, maybe celebrate a little bit, but you don't necessarily have to go do the $200 dinner or something. Um, you know, do the $50 dinner instead. <laughs> but uh, by the end of the year, are, can we expect to start feeling maybe a little more ease in our life? Can we expect to be breathing that sigh of relief a little bit? Well, what I see happening and, and, you know, being that we are living in this great United States, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to look at um, when you ask, you know, as we're heading towards the end of the year, um, what's going on, you know, what this country is overall experiencing right now in in the country has a personal year cycle just like like any human does. Um, we're in a nine year. So uh, from the American perspective of looking at things, we are in, you know, there's another whole energy going on that says Americans are meant to release right now. They're meant to let go. You know, all the traditions, all, again, those comfort zones of, you know, because really what Americans got once we got into July last year was we were, you know, all in that request of 2014, you know, um, place that said, okay, we're we're going to be reflecting here. This is all about reflection this year and, and doing your own inner work. And then America in July went into the nine years, which was, you know, nine years are very um, – can be very tricky, I want to say, because there's a lot of conflict around. There's a lot of penetrating energy around, but it's also a time when if you step into what we know as being the warrior space, and we step into our space of courage, we're going to stand up for what's right, but we're not going to fight to get there. 
But a nine energy on the negative side of it wants to fight to get what it wants. It's going to defend itself. It's going to get all rah, 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 angry. And, and not to say when, when anger does rear its ugly head that we don't want to process it and deal with it and grieve and, and, and get on with it. Because you can't operate from a state of anger. But something can allow you to become upset enough that you're angry, and then, you know, you, you as a human, you know it's time to do something. You know, if you know you're angry, that's just your feelings telling you there's something that's got to be done to shift and correct. So, you know, for anybody that went through all those types of, you know, roller coaster rides of emotions last year, congratulate yourself that you were even listening to understand you felt angry, you felt sad, you felt this, you felt that. Because that means that you're in tune with your feelings, if you understand your emotions. But you want to heal them, you know. Because we did not come here to live a life of misery. We did not come here to feel like we're in a space of lack. We did not come here to suffer. We came here to to be human. And we are in all of these human experiences as a spiritual being. Um, now, what will happen in, in the United States is, you know, we, we've got another six months of, you know, this nine energy for, for the nation. So there's going to be this release, more release, more release, more release. Um, you know, I think for the country, you know, we're going to see some interesting things, um, you know, happening with, um, you know, what we're doing in, in foreign countries. Um, it's been quote-unquote predicted, and I don't like the word prediction, but it's been forecasted that we may be in a war. It's highly likely. Um, you know, I, I would love to say that the people in power are going to get together and kind of realize that they need to be a warrior, but knowing politics as I do, they're probably not going to do that. So will we maybe get into a war this year? It's very highly likely. Um, and the United States is going to be in a cycle of new beginnings come July. So we're going to be as a nation in the very beginning of a brand new nine-year nine span of time for this country. Um, a lot of people don't want to let go in this in this country, and it's time that we do. Uh, there's a collective need to let go and release and get it out. Thank you, Adios. This doesn't work anymore. Um, so, you know, we need to, to look at that. Um, November of 2014 is really, or 2015, excuse me. I still haven't gotten used to saying the new year yet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we uh, will be in a universal energy of new beginnings. So there will be quite a few things happening um, where, you know, we're going to see new beginnings in what our heart really is all about within the current cycle of our life. Uh, you know, and like I, I said, that will be very unique and individual for any given person. Um, but uh, you will see a new beginning. Uh, the real richness of the harvest for most people will come into the space by September. Uh, it's always when you're in the intensity of whatever current personal year that you're in. Uh, your personal month will always match the energy of your personal year every September. Um, so we get back into our routine, we get back, and of course that's always Virgo time, um, so that's always when we really, you know, September's always the time when we start refining things, and we start, you know, looking at the purity of what's going on in our life. Uh, we'll also have, you know, Jupiter will be just a month into Virgo at that time, so that'll be a very interesting time. 
to see a little bit of abundance going on in Virgo. Uh, but remember that Venus retrograde will only be finishing by the 9th of September. So that first couple of weeks of September will, will be a little interesting when it comes to values, money, and finances, and so on and so forth. So we're going to need to watch and value that a little bit. I would say your, your strongest adjustments will probably be uh, in the beginning of September when that cycle is finishing. So you will see that. Oh boy, I'm trying to. <laughs> I'm sorry I, I about that. I was trying to get back in there, and then I'm like, hey, it's not moving. My switchboard kind of froze up there for a minute. So oh, okay, that was that wasn't you. Okay, because I, I talked <laughs> over here and I said I, I'm not sure what's going on. <laughs> but um, you know, it, it, you bring up so many good points with this, and I think one of the big keys that even as we're transitioning, if we keep this in mind as citizens of a country. It's about standing up and not fighting. It's um, and there's a huge difference. It's about taking the those high level intensity emotions and turning them into action that allows us to make these transitions. And we have the opportunity as a country. You mentioned as well as we come into the birthday of our country, early July to start a new beginning. And we really need to be asking ourselves as citizens of our country, what are we going to start? And what is the new beginning that we want to have? That's right. And it will be very individualized per person, but there's a collectiveness to that too, like you're talking about. I mean, it's it's the collectiveness of are we going to recycle? Are we going to support conscious companies or are we going to support companies that are detrimental to us? Um, I think that these are the things that we need to be considering in some of this review time. <laughs> that That's we right. Have right. That's now. right. But we we've still got time. Believe me, we always have plenty of time left to review, and it it comes along again. It comes along every month of our life. Every time we have a waning moon, which is after a full moon until it's new again. Always time for reflection. Um, and when we have the periodic Mercury retrogrades, we'll have another one um, from end of May to June, and then the last one of two. What's really fun about September as well is, you know, we get out of the Venus retrograde on the 9th, and then on September 17th, we go into the last Mercury retrograde of 2015. So until the beginning of October, we're still like, there's going to be an interesting fall across the board. And, uh, you know, when you really get into your own personal forecasting, you know, you've got the layers of how your forecast work is, you know, you've got your personal year cycle that's going to go birthday to birthday. But within that year's time frame, you have month to month, personal uh, month of spinning of that one to nine energy. And within the month itself, you've got three cycles of one to nine days with a remainder here and there that will always point to appropriate days of the month when you're meant to reflect, when you're meant to maybe, you know what, this isn't the day for me to be starting something new. Uh, I should wait a couple of days. Um, And working that in with how your personal birth chart looks at the new moons every month, you've always got an opportunity for new, new opportunities in your life month to month, and you've always got that opportunity to look at where should I be reflecting the most, depending on what the full moon is doing in your birth chart every month. 
And the good news versus last year is we actually do have some of these pauses and breaks between the retrogrades. <laughs> yeah. Whereas last year it was one big long oh retrograde train in your words. <laughs> It was one thing, and you know, and how, and you know, I said that from the beginning of of last year, um, you know, because I had seen that well ahead of time, and uh, when we were speaking a year ago, it was, last year was the year of reflection, and we had a retrograde train from, uh, I've never seen anything like it, (laughs) we opened the year with Venus retrograde, we had a Mercury retrograde, then we had Mars retrograde, and then we had another Mercury retrograde, and that went for six months. And then in the midst of that, that Grand Cosmic Cross thing happened. So, you know, hello. I mean, it was just yeah. like, what's up? <laughs> yeah, we, we never we had, had a break last month, year. You know, we really had. And we had a two-month time frame. You know, July, August was kind of quiet. And I think a lot of people took a big breather July and August. <laughs> um, and then October came along. Um, and well, September we had a little, a little okay, but even the end of September started because the approach to the, you know, October was all Mercury retrograde again. And then this year just finished off, um, you know, with a very intense, I saw so many, so many sudden passings, November and December of this year. I, I haven't seen anything like that in quite some time. I mean, I, and I always know that, you know, a lot of, Elderly people do always choose to cross, you know, November, December. That's always a very common thing. But I saw many young people passing um, in November and December this year. That was just, it seemed unnatural um, in in a way that I was like, wow. And I I just like, it was, it was really powerful um, in a way that I, you know, it, it took me. You know, I mean, I get very, you know, affected by death. I, I understand it uh, to, a, a, you know, I, I deeply understand death, but it doesn't mean I'm not sad because something happens. You know, I, I get it's a part yeah. of life. And I know we're always able to talk to spirit after they're not here physically anymore. But because we're all still human and we're the ones here, it hurts. Not having that physical presence in this life, it, it does. I mean, let's face it, it's it's just you want the person back. But when you really learn how to have the relationship with them in spirit, it's very comforting. Um, so I always recommend, you know, if you are a believer, um, that love never dies. Uh, find yourself a really good medium because they are really able to tap into that. And um, when you get a really good medium, you'll know it. <laughs> That's all I can say. <laughs> Well, you know, if we could just, I know you and I, we could just talk for days and weeks on end. Of course but, we can. <laughs> but we do have to wrap up this show right now. And um, I just want to give you a quick chance to share with everybody how they reach you, how they get hold of you, your website information. Yes, I am always on the web at com, And, of course, I just that in the chat room um if you go right on there uh, you can sign up for my uh, email list i do free forecasting all month long uh always a little little tidbits and and really wonderful information um to help you align peace of mind in your life that is what we're here to do uh align peace of mind in changing times and if you're on the social media networks um of course follow me on twitter find me on facebook everything is sharita star uh, can't miss it. And uh, if you like following lexagrams, uh, I'm, it's all in the name on Facebook as well. But everything's on on com. All doors lead to everywhere else. 
you know, check out uh, the radio show on Monday nights, and we've got the Empower Scopes every week that's on Empower Radio, and uh, we, we have a, a really good time just bringing a little understanding to this life because um, I think we all need it. I, I so agree, and I think clearing up that judgment, operating with a little compassion for our, ourselves and others right now, and, you know, as you say, we, we all really need that little bit of breath and and being kind along yeah. the way. Sharita, thank you so, so very much for kicking off 2015 on Activating Compassion Radio. Such a gift to have you back. I'm sure we're going to have you back again. <laughs> well, I look forward to it. And my great true attitude of gratitude, which is all my all the lexagrams are my favorite, because I just love the art of this language of how you can do this. I mean, it, really, it's, it's stunning how we can spell other words from words that already exist, and, and they spell out the truth. So my great true attitude of gratitude to you, to your listener, and uh, to Activating Compassion Radio and Main Street Universe, and I bid you all a stellar 2015, and I know you're going to do the work that's required in this year to make it happen. Bring it on. <laughs> bring it on. <laughs> I love it. Stand up and bring it on. <laughs> yeah. To quote Seal, actually. that's I, Actually, I, I don't know where I came up with that this morning. I was like, you know what? That's awesome. Bring it on. Bring it on. And you know, So that's the theme song for 2015. Bring it on. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Bring it on. Uh, next week, again, I'd like to thank Sharita for her time, and you can check out her work and the work about lexagrams and everything through her website, sharitastar.com, www.s-h-a-r-i-t-a-s-t-a-r.com. Next week on the show, I have Miriam Jacobs coming on, and she's going to be talking about Polarity Tarot. Uh, I've got many things that I'm already starting to compile for 2015, a lot of different things I'm going to start putting together. So watch on my website. You're going to be able to find video tips. I'll be getting one posted over the next week, uh, as well as all the archive shows and upcoming shows and all of those great things. Monthly specials, you can find those all on my website, jessianniclesgeorge1.com. January special, just got that put up. I'm doing a fun little reading that uses the subconscious to help understand where to focus your energy in 2015. You can check that out on my homepage on my website, don't forget, we've got several shows here on Main Street Universe throughout the week. Sunday nights, we have Darren Duquerre, who's a reader at Madame Laveau in New Orleans, doing Spiritual Insights. Monday nights is Randy Goldberg, doing Vedic Astrology. Tuesday nights, we have Susan Reed, short show but fantastic, sharing her work in herbs and natural plants. Wednesday nights is our flagship show with Daniel and Janice. They do all kinds of things, from reading, just uh, topics, just a whole variety of different things. Thursdays and Saturdays, we're have some rotations going on of once a month shows. So we have a whole variety of shows going on, which uh, I believe is going to be including Kevin Baird's work, Walking on the Sidewalk with his Horizon Oracle Journeys deck, the deck he created. You can learn more about that at templeofdiet.com. We've had uh, Woven Green doing a show of their own there, Jim and Ashley Cash, absolutely wonderful. So check those out. And, of course, Fridays is Activating Compassion Radio. This is Josie Ann Nichols George. Thank you so much for being here with me today. And again, thanks to all of our listeners, not only on Blog Talk, but those streaming live through Penn, known as Pair Encounters Network, StreamFinder, and TalkStream Live, as well as those catching our podcast at iTunes and TuneIn.com, and those catching the YouTube version of our show. I do look forward to seeing you back here 
next week as we delve more into activating compassion. Don't forget, if you've enjoyed my show today, share it with others. It's going to be available at the same link in our archives. And I'm going to leave you today with uh, the song Yearning For, also known as Over and Over. It's by Shamshot. And thank you so much. I look forward to seeing you again next week right here on Activating Compassion Radio. Enjoy the rest of your weekend and have a really amazing week. And if I could see what makes me blind, I would soar to the edge of my mind. And to touch what seems unreal, just to show you the way that I feel. And we are in time with time, one with of change inside, and we are in tune with the tune, caught in a balance of sun and moon. Oh, deep inside, the light within, shining to show you it's it to begin. Change in
Your spirit, your heart 